go about hate street this is bealpod.com the week in georgia in english coming to you from san francisco california today is thursday the 22nd of february on this date in 1958 syria and egypt merged to become the short-lived but fascinating united arab republic 1994 aldrich and rosario ames are charged with spying for the soviet union 2004 viktor yanukovych is ousted as president of ukraine as a result of the euromaidan uh, revolution sorry 2014 birthdays are iranian shah tahmansip the first in 1514 known for the consolidation of power by internally creating a third layer of iranian society composed of georgians armenians and circassians also american president and dude among dudes george washington in 1732 and german philosopher schopenhauer in 1788 i'm your host mark mullen if you'd like to comment on the forum or ask a question go to tobilpod.com or send us an email at tobilpod@gmail.com ukraine has banned misha from the country until 2021 on the orders of a border police commander In response to the ban, Sakashvili said, "With or without me, the end has already come for these authorities, and I will return home to Ukraine very soon. Now, much, much sooner than three years." End quote. The ban is the result of his much-publicized forced border crossing in September, or at least that was the nominal reason. He is now in the Netherlands, his wife Sandra's home country, after originally being deported to Poland. While he has apparently received a card authorizing work and residence in the EU for the time being, he is determined to regain Ukrainian citizenship. He's currently planning a tour of Europe to build support for his anti-Poroshenko campaign. Before his uh, deportation, Misha had been organizing an anti-Poroshenko march in Kiev for Sunday the 18th. Thousands of his supporters still marched, carrying pictures of Saakashvili. and calling for Poroshenko's impeachment a group of nine Ukrainian political parties also released a statement calling for Misha's return to Ukraine calling his deportation a politically motivated punishment that violated principles of human rights and inflicted great damage to Ukraine's international reputation they also called for an investigation parliament overrode president Georgi Markvelashvili's veto of amendments to the public broadcasting law on Thursday 83 to 13 ignoring his concerns opposition party concerns and those concerns of a number of media and non-governmental organizations some otsneba members also publicly opposed the amendments parliamentary chairman irakli kobakhidze said the bill would quote enable the public broadcaster to develop and help it return positive results from the zero social effect that it has today strange framing there irakli he also said that if they noticed a negative impact on private broadcasters they would reamend the bill in due course okay imprisoned criminal constantine this is fascinating imprisoned criminal constantine uh tsikistavi reached out to rustaviori this week to confess his part in the 2001 murder of journalist and tv host georgi sanaya at the time people believed the killing was politically motivated but a man confessed to the murder saying Sanaya had tried to sexually assault him um Tsikistavi said the man who confessed took the blame because he was deeply in debt and that the actual killer was Shota Chichiashvili a former intelligence officer and that the murder was ordered by Kaha Bakuradze 
the former head of the police anti-corruption department, and Thomas Tomasashvili, former head of the Kacheti police uh, department, and former prime minister Irakli Garibashvili's father-in-law. Um, Tsikistavi said that the killing was part of a plot to get rid of pro-Western political forces and supporters. The investigation has not been reopened. It was a very, very sad murder. He was a very nice, uh, nice guy. Police uh, issued a restraining order against a domestic violence victim this week after she wrote posts on Facebook detailing the abuse she faced while living with her ex-husband and his family. Get a load of this. The victim and her father were both victims of physical violence from the ex-husband, but her posts are now being considered psychological abuse by the police. Georgian Young Lawyers Association, which is representing the victim, says this case is indicative of a lack of understanding of gender, uh, gender issues and their seriousness by the police. Morons. Last week, Bitfury, the company behind the Gori and Tbilisi Bitcoin data mining centers, were sold to the Japanese and not at all reported in Georgia as far as I could see. Prime Minister Georgi Kvitikashvili was in Germany this week for the Munich Security Conference. He met with a number of officials on the trip, including U.S. Defense Secretary James Mattis, EU Commissioner Johannes Hahn, Prime Ministers of Turkey, Moldova, Netherlands, and others. He also hosted an event on, the, uh, um, on Georgian literature and politics. Foreign Minister Mikhail Janalidze and Defense Minister Levani Zoria also attended. Janalidze met with foreign ministers of Japan, Moldova, Italy, Liechtenstein, Norway, Czech Republic, and Iran, U.S. Deputy Energy Secretary, and the Bundestag Vice President. Zoria met with the Defense Ministers of Germany and Norway, as well as the U.K. Minister of State for Armed Forces. Economy Minister Dmitry Kumsishvili visited Azerbaijan last week and attended the fourth ministerial meeting of Southern Gas Corridor Advisory Council. At the meeting, he signed an agreement confirming support of the Shakhtani Stage 2 project, which will bring more gas from the Caspian to Europe through Georgia and Turkey. Kumsishvili also met with a number of officials, including Azerbaijani President Ilham Aliyev, Azerbaijani Economy Minister, and Azerbaijani and Turkish Energy Ministers. Ukrainian Member of Parliament and Chairman of the Crimean Tatar Mejlis Refat Chubarov visited Georgia this week, met with Parliamentary Chairman Irakli Kobachidze and Minister of Internally Displaced Persons from the Occupied Territories, Accommodation, and Refugees, Sosar Subadi. South Ossetian President Anatoly Bibilov visited Moscow last week to meet with Russian Deputy Minister of Internal Affairs Igor Zubov to discuss the implementation of their 2015 Alliance and Integration Treaty. South Ossetian journalist Irina Kelekesayeva was told to resign from her job at the state radio TV station IR after writing an article about a disagreement between South Ossetian President Anatoly Bibilov and a large investor in the region, Temuraz Bolioyev. Her office also was also searched without a warrant by plainclothes security personnel. Representatives of the Russian-backed government of Transnistria Moldova, visited Abkhazia last week. Final member was chosen for the Abkhazian Supreme Court, but apparently the candidate did not receive enough parliamentary votes to take the position as per Abkhazian legislation. The court cannot begin functioning without all of its seats filled. A Turkish citizen was kidnapped in the town of Ochamchide in Abkhazia on the 9th and is still missing. Searches are ongoing. 
Foreign Minister Mikhail Janelidze announced that the ministry would be increasing police cooperation with Europe-related organized crime and would be beginning a national campaign aimed at reducing the number of Georgian asylum seekers in the Schengen zone. The announcement came after a number of European countries, including Germany, Sweden, and Iceland, expressed concern about Georgians abusing the new visa-free travel regime. If the issue grows, visa-free travel could be suspended. A deputy interior minister has been dispatched to North Rhine-Westphalia to allay concerns and sign a memorandum of cooperation. Parliamentary Committee on Healthcare and Social Issues has approved an armed uh, and I'm sorry, an amended version of the new labor safety reforms. The new version increases fines for violation of safety rules. However, the policy still only applies to a small group of designated hazardous employment sectors. Transport, light industry, furniture manufacturing, glass production, heavy industry, oil and gas industries, metallurgy, mining, construction, electricity, and chemical production. In the original bill, all of these hazardous sectors would be affected, but another recent change says that only an unidentified group with increased danger will be affected. Groups like Human Rights Education Monitoring Center have called the changes unjustified. A uh, progressive student group, Auditorium 115, protested the committee meeting and waived papers with the number 1,209 on them, representing the number of people killed in workplace accidents in Georgia since 2011. In the revised uh, version, labor inspectors still need prior consent from employers to conduct inspections. Parliamentary Secretary Shalva Tadumadze said that the government could begin working on reforms that would affect all workplaces, uh, in other words, the allegedly non-hazardous ones, in September 2019. Finance Ministry has announced a plan to create tax breaks for small business owners. Currently, uh, small businesses are defined as those with yearly turnovers from economic activities totaling less than 100,000 lari, and they are taxed at 5%. The new plan expands small businesses to include all businesses with turnover of 15, sorry, of 500,000 lari or less, lowers the tax rate to 1%. Additionally, small businesses will no longer be required to pay their taxes in advance, but will be permitted to pay pay at the end of the month. If Parliament approves the amendment, the changes will go into effect on the 1st of July and impact uh, 12,000, uh, sorry, 120,000 people. The budgetary consequences have not been made clear. A new pension reform plan is headed to Parliament for discussion. In the current plan, employers, employees, and governments will all contribute 2% of the gross salary to the pension scheme, 6% total, and will be held in the government-managed investment fund. The scheme will be mandatory for salaried employees under 40 for up to 60,000 lati in gross income. Self-employed people and people over 40 may participate if they choose. President Georgi Markvelashvili has started a campaign aimed at engaging youth in the May 26 centennial celebration of Georgian independence. He stated the campaign on the 20th at Tel Aviv State University. He started the campaign on the 20th at Tel Aviv State University, and it will run through the 26th of May. It includes public photo exhibition and an open call for student essays. TV stations Iberia TV and TV Pirveli have accused the government of pressuring them. Iberia TV claims the government is financially pressuring their owner, Omega Group, in order to halt their free editorial policy. Omega Group is funded by Omega Group Tobacco, which says that the government has allowed British American tobacco to violate competition and tobacco control laws, negatively impacting Omega. Omega took the case to court, won in Tbilisi City Court, and then lost on appeal. 
I mean, they're just, you know, all those international tobacco companies are horrendous, but Omega Tobacco, uh, tobacco Group is, uh, if I remember correctly, owned by Vanoj Kartashvili, who is also horrendous. So it's, uh, you know, a mess. TV Pirelli journalists have received concerning signals from government aimed at changing the station's content. They accused First Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of Economy Dmitry Kumsashvili, former Deputy Prime Minister and Education Minister Alexandre Jejelava of possibly being involved. Prime Minister Kavitakashvili denied the allegations, noting that the government has made it easy to start a TV station and said that no one can touch free media while he and Otsneba are governing, except, of course, Rustavi too. A group of 35 NGOs and media organizations released a statement on the 19th calling on the government to set up an interim commission to investigate the Afghan Mukhtarli case. Mukhtarli is the Azerbaijani journalist who was kidnapped in Tbilisi in Tbilisi in May by Georgian government officials and interior ministry personnel, probably, and taken across, taken across the border to be jailed in Azerbaijan. The statement says that the case has eroded public trust and calls for timely updates and involvement of partner countries like the EU and the U.S. Tbilisi City Court released Mustafa Emre Chabuk, the former manager at Tbilisi uh, Private Demidel College on bail on Monday, He's been in pre-extradition detention since last May when Turkish authorities requested his arrest for links to an organization tied to Fatullah Gulen. Georgian law permits nine months of pre-extradition detention. His term would have expired on the 24th of February, but he was released five days early on a thousand lari bail. Chabuk denies the charges and says he is a political prisoner, which is, of course, true. The Tbilisi City Court still must make a final decision regarding his extradition, and if they choose to extradite him, Chabuk's lawyer plans to appeal to the Supreme Court and the European Court of Human Rights. Separate court case asking for refugee status for Chabuk and his family was rejected in January. German-European uh, Member of Parliament Rebecca Harms visited Chabuk in prison shortly before his release and told the press that she believes the charges against him are false and that he should not be extradited. She also said that while extraditing him would help Georgian-Turkish relations, it would harm Georgia's reputation and democratization project. That's for sure. Nice of her to have visited him. Police also issued a restraining order against the parents of a girl they had apparently tried to violently cure of her homosexuality. For two years, despite her parents' psychological and physical abuse, she did not feel like she could access government services because they are not accepting of queer people. According to representatives from the Women's Initiative Support Group, the stigma and stereotypes around queer people are strong, even among social workers, and this is why many queer people prefer to get assistance from community centers and queer groups rather than state services. Georgia's rating in Transparency International's annual Corruption Perception Index has worsened from last year. Georgia ranked 46th out of 180 countries, better than all of the former Soviet states except the Baltics. Georgia's score has stayed in a small range in the last five years. The hardest working NGO in the caucus, Transparency International Georgia, has said that this shows that after earlier progress, the government's anti-corruption efforts have stagnated. They specifically noted that the government lacks accountability at its highest levels and the checks and balances between branches of government are inadequate. Amnesty International also released their annual human rights report. The Georgia section is brief but covers the Rustaviori dispute, the abduction of Azerbaijani journalist Afghan Mukhtarli, 
Failure to investigate abuses committed by law enforcement, anti-LGBT language in the new constitution, restrictions on freedom of movement between Georgia and South Ossetia and Abkhazia. The meme this week is a Facebook promulgated rumor that a union of youth in Russia and Georgia has been approved to sell candy with Putin's face on it in all Georgian schools. It is in the tradition of Facebook and Twitter BS. OC Media covered perceptions of propaganda in Georgia using uh, information from December, the December NDI um, and Cox's Resource Research Center survey. They found that over 50% of Georgians believe that Russia is engaged in propaganda activities in Georgia, but 50% of the population also believe that the United States or European Union do so as well. Respondents believe that most propaganda comes through Georgian language TV, but the second biggest source for Georgian propaganda is political parties, while the second largest source for EU and U.S. propaganda is the Internet and social media. They found that the perception that Russia is engaged in propaganda activities correlates with support for integration with the rest, with the West, while the reverse is not true, meaning that Exposing Russian propaganda activities could impact people's political views. Ted Jonas writes about the need for Georgia to take environmental protection seriously for civil.ge. He argues that because much of Georgia's revenue comes from tourism and because many tourists come to see and experience Georgia's natural beauty, projects like the new road in Chevy, Pshavi, Chevsureti, Tusheti, and Pankizi, uh, hydroelectric dams, and the recent abolition of the Ministry of Environment are problematic and should be reconsidered. Jonas suggests that environmental problems could be solved by rehabilitating existing roads, enforcing existing environmental and zoning laws, raising law enforcement salaries, and hiring more rangers, among other things. The Ananuti Fortress Complex made second on a list of 27 dreamy swimming holes on Afar.com. In the summer, people swim off a platform below the fortress in the turquoise water of the Aragvi River and Jinvali Reservoir with views of the military highway and the mountains. Will Dunbar wrote about the reception to the death of Stalin in Georgia for 1843 magazine. The film is mostly just a comedy in the West, but Stalin is at the core of Georgia's identity crisis, which is Georgia's choosing between the Russian-dominated past and the possible European future. This is the depiction of Stalin's whores and his scrawny, urine-stained corpse. Um, thus, uh, the depiction of his whores and the corpse is more important uh, in Georgia than elsewhere, as Stalin has increasingly become a symbol of anti-Western nationalism. All this stuff to read is posted on our forum. This week's dive bar number is... 271.5, the height of the Nguri Dam in meters. It was the world's tallest concrete arch dam from 1978 until 2010. When a taller one was built in southwestern China, it is now the fourth tallest concrete arch dam in the world. On the 23rd at 3 p.m., um, the Minister of Reconciliation and Civ Civic Equality, former head of the Georgian State Commander's Office, uh, and political scientist and former personal secretary to Edward Shevardnadze, by the way, will hold a public lecture on Georgia and Abkhazia's complex history. The event is probably in Georgian. It'll be at the Georgian-Russian Public Center, named after E.M. Primakov in Tbilisi. 
Georgian pop singer Salio and electronic DJ Machaidze are performing at the Otium in Tbilisi on the 24th at 9 p.m. Also on the 24th at 3 p.m., the Educational Center of the Georgian National Museum will host Gogi Khoshtadia with a lecture titled Preparatory Sketches of the Sistine Chapel at the Georgian National Museum to accompany the exhibition of Michelangelo sketches currently showing. Later on the 24th, also in Tbilisi, Bookhouse Bagrationi and the Association Dialogue of Cultures 21 will host Georgian artist and Shoto Rustaveli Prize, Laurit Givi Toidze, for a meeting and conversation at 5 p.m. And on the 24th, the Georgian Corporate Sports Federation and the Parliamentary Committee for Sports and Youth Affairs are hosting the Silk Road Cup, a 3-6 to six kilometer run at Tbilisi's Lisi Lake at 11 a.m. On the 25th, Sakubo Society for Nature Conservation is hosting an excursion to learn about Georgian birds and help support conservation efforts in Georgia. The event starts at 6.30 a.m. and ends at 7.30 p.m. and costs 20 lati. More information in Georgian can be found on Facebook. This will be a revolutionary event. It will be the only event ever held in Georgia before 10 a.m. Also, on the 25th, of, uh, 25th, Georgia is playing Germany in the FIBA Basketball World Cup 2019 European Qualifiers at 7 p.m. in Tbilisi. Go if you can. Documentary Life is Bay is playing at Amidani Cinema in Tbilisi on the 26th. The film is about the lives and stories of five men in Tel Aviv. It is in Georgian with English subtitles and costs five lati at Amidani. On the 1st, at 7 p.m., Lasha Fox Tserzvadze's uh, exhibition, Georgi, opens at Tbilisi Black and White Gallery, featuring nude photographs of queer men in Georgia. The series explores issues related to Georgian masculinity and queerness. And finally, on the 1st and 2nd of March, Women's Fund in Georgia of Georgia is having a charity art show and auction to support uh, women living in Anti-Violence Network and Georgia's Shelter Crisis Center for Victims of Violence, Mothers, and Children. The event will be at TBC's uh, Art Gallery in Tbilisi. That's it for this week. My Twitter address is at TXTBUK. Our email is tbilpod, tbilpod, at gmail.com. Or post to the forum on our website, www.tbilpod.com. We will finish with, from London, 2003, Holly Go Lightly, and Walk a Mile. If being me is easy where you stand Seeing it's believing where I am Try being me if you think you can You think I got it easy Try being me Anything you do I did before I did it all before you Everything you see, you see, I already saw. You want something new to see? Try being me. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile. 
Walk a mile in my shoes.